0: that's essential in the text, is corrupt. Literally, corrupt means to break completely. Yeah, to break completely. To break is to damage something. And, and you've broken a glass and you, you just knew it was done. So instead of trying to fix the glass, you just put it in the trash can. The reason it was broken and, and with glass or other things, it, it don't even have to be completely disintegrated. But you know, even if a big portion of it is broken, it's of no use. But to break, it, again, is, is to, to damage. But to break also means to, to interrupt. Because there are some things that you may break that you may be able to take some glue. You know that super glue. You have to be careful though. There's some super glues that don't work. They got the name, but they just don't work. But there are some that are pretty pretty good. Woo, If you got a house, you know what I'm talking about. You got to fix some stuff. Got to have some glue at your house. But, but you'll be interrupted, and, and sometimes it, it'll take time to try to fix what has been broken. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes time to, to fix what is, what is broken. E- even physically, when you, when you break a leg arm or even a fingernail it just takes time to, to fix it. And then there are certain things that, that break, it actually means the end of something, like I was talking earlier, the glass, but, but some things when you break them, it's just over. You got to go get something new. Uh, something better than what broke on you. How many understanding? And so literally to corrupt means to break completely. I have something that's good that has broken but is completely broken. And you see folk. And based upon their their words and their deeds, you, you can tell that they have been broken. Have been damaged. You have men that have been damaged by someone that they love. You have women that have been broken because... They trusted someone that said they could help them with their particular problem or issue. But instead of the person helping them, they left broken. Yeah, they left, they left broken. And, 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 and uh, whether it was physical, mental, emotional, and, and some of them, uh, they died. Broken. There are people that have actually died. Broken. People live day to day. Broken. Damaged. Damaged folk. Now when it comes to the text. Paul was. Concerned with. Corrupt. Words corrupt words or communication, say it to the saints that, that they did not need to allow corrupt words to come out of their, their mouth. And considering what I said in reference to corrupt or meanings of corrupt. There are words that can damage you. And see, that's the reason, if you'll notice the text again, Paul said that he didn't want the saints to allow no corrupt words to come out of their mouth. None. Woo! No corrupt words. And, and, and for some of us that now, where we are right now, that we, we couldn't do what Paul said. Not where we are right now. Because, because that we, some of us, we, we allow libidinous stuff to cause us to say the wrong thing. Oh, now you're going to be cute. I like I'm talking to somebody next door. A- ask your neighbor: have, have you ever allowed something small to cause you to say the wrong thing? Tell them: hold on. Since you've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let no corrupt thing. See, see. Paul knew that as as people, we're free from all ages. We can choose to cuss somebody out. God will warn us, but he won't stop us. If you choose to do that. And then some, some of us, we, we have grown. We don't allow little things to cause us to say unhealthy things. But we do allow certain folks that we are close to. Or we have A connection or association with to push us to the point to where we'll we'll say something corrupt, something unhealthy, something that could damage, get this, our spirit, soul, and body. How in the world can 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 words be unhealthy? How in the world can words have that kind of power, Pastor, where they damage my spirit, my soul, and my body. Just one verse that we quote often. Let's go to Proverbs 18. Verse 18, 21. He didn't want the church to allow not one corrupt word to come out of their mouth. And Paul was speaking at the time to the church of Ephesus, but what he said was prophetic. It was bigger than the church. God had us in mind. Proverbs 18 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Notice how Solomon describes the tongue. The tongue is an instrument of power. The tongue is an instrument of power. The tongue can, can force things to happen. The tongue can force change, death and life. In what? The power. Of the tongue. Death. Figuratively speaking means ruin. You have power. To ruin your spirit, soul. And body. You have power. To agree. Verbally. With something. You shouldn't agree of. Which in the end will cause you to be damaged. Or destroyed because of it. Death and life are in the what? Say to your neighbor, make no mistake about it. What comes out of your mouth causes change. For the worse for the good how many in here somebody ever said something to you and those words just stayed with you I mean just stayed with you not, not just for a week but, but some words stayed for you for months years and there's certain things you heard ten years ago you can quote them as if you heard them yesterday why is that? Death and Life. are in the power of the Come. And knows what he said, and he who loves it shall eat his fruit. Man, I, I, I have said things that I know just tore somebody up. But then I have also received things that have torment me. Up. I have said what I shouldn't have said. Woo! And received what I should not have received. Sticks and stone may break my bones. But talk, get this, will never hurt. Whoever read that either, either didn't believe in the Bible or never read the Bible. Never read Proverbs 18 and 21. Before they uttered it. But I guarantee you, whoever said it, they changed that. Because if you live long enough, somebody going to show you how powerful the tongue Is. You ain't nothing but a. And what they said was so powerful that that it caused tears not just to come down your eyes. Messing up your makeup, your rouge and eyeliner and so forth. But some of us, it, it hurt to the point to where them, them tears just didn't stream down your face. They leaped out. You use half a box of Kleenex wiping tears. And, and, and enough tears will start a little... Mucus, what I call snot, (laughs) to start running. And you study just wiping and, and blowing. Why? Because of powerful words. Powerful words. Death and in the power of the but Paul says again to us, "Let no corrupt words come out of our mouth." And again, figuratively speaking, uh, when it comes to death being used by the tongue to it means ruin. Words can ruin you. But I want you to understand this right here, which is very important. The antithesis of ruin, one antithesis, is to mend. Same way words can ruin you, words can also mend you. Words can heal you, cause you to recover, strengthen you, and my favorite, make you better. Say to your neighbor, Words can make you better, they can heal you. Words, words, yeah. Now, you tell some folks that they're going to look at you like you crazy. But here's the proof. The most powerful thing we have, God's word. Heaven and earth shall, but not, not the word. Not the word. God's word is not going to fail. Everything that he said, everything that is promised, directly and indirectly, whether God said it or he used somebody else to say it, is so, and it's powerful. And so words can, can mend you. When you get a bad report, don't, don't allow corrupt words to come out of your mouth just because a person has given you a bad report. No, you turn around and you start speaking words that will mend. They done told, they done gave you words that will kill you. So now you need to start using words that will heal you. And don't just get happy for one day using such words. Make these type words, or good words, a part of your life. Every day, every day you should utter out of your mouth good words. Look at the verse again. Death then? in the power of the what? You got to choose whether you're going to live or die in reference to your words. You have to choose whether you're going to live or die in reference to your because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, and, and it's important to understand that as a child of God, one of the greatest things you have to defend whatever comes against you is word. It's word. How can I say that? Perfect example. Jesus in Matthew 4. What what did he use on the devil? He he didn't try to just, I cast you out. He didn't do that. He just simply used the word. He just used the word. He was being opposed by the greatest enemy of God. The devil. How many understand that? The devil is the greatest opposition when it comes to God, the church, uh, all that pertains to the Lord. And Jesus simply used the word. The word. We, we got to get out of our mind that, that we, we have to use the latest thing to prosper. The latest thing to get well. We need to use what has been proven. We need to use what the one we call our master and our savior use the word. You check out every time Jesus got in a situation, he used that was his thing. His main thing was. The Word. I'm saying his main thing was the Word. I got to go on, but ask your neighbor, what is your main thing? Your main thing? And see, some of y'all just lie. You know your main thing, you want it to be the Word, but your main thing is not the Word. See, if the Word is your main thing, that means every time something happens, that's what you're going to use. You got to use it every time something's going to happen. You, you won't even make a step t- to go to this place, that person, or what have you, unless God is directing you. And God is his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was? John, James, or uh, John, one, one and following, right? In the beginning was the? And the word was? With God, and the word? That's right. Death and life are in the power of God. The tongue. Go back to uh, Ephesians. And we're still dealing with Ephesians 4 and 29. Notice, again, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Well, what you want us to do, Paul? But what is good for necessary edification. They are words... We can use that will edify. Now, notice what he calls them words for necessary edification. As a church, there are specific words we need to use. Because they are necessary when it comes to edifying or edification. To edify in one sense means to enlighten. To enlighten from a theological standpoint is when God Brings you out of your ignorance through His Word. Some things we did before the Word were just plumb ignorant. Some things we believed before. We received God's word. were ignorant. We used to say things we didn't have no business saying because we were ignorant. But there's no sense in you getting all the word that you get and remaining ignorant. But, but Hosea said God's people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, which is ignorance. But then he he said, not because they haven't been getting teaching, but because they rejected. I know what pastor said, but, see, you got to understand, the word going to be bigger than pastor every day of the week. You can't put it on pastor. When, when I'm teaching from this and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit it's just God use me as a tool to minister unto you. Because what I'm saying is word. It's bigger than walk. It's bigger than walk. Whoever get up here under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is bigger than the person. It doesn't matter who it is. When you are under the anointing and allow God to give you what to say, it's bigger than you. Same words, I'm telling you I have to be the first partaker of. Why is that? Because you imitate me. But I got to to imitate him while you're imitating me. Is that scripture? 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. What did Paul tell the church of Corinth? Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. I got to be the first one to imitate the word. I'm in understanding that. And, and and so again, I gotta read it. I, I'm probably gonna read this three or four times. So you just hold on. I'll quote it three or four times. Yeah. But notice again: Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. We need to be enlightened. But get this: Wealth, good words. That are necessary. It bears witness to what Jesus said to the devil. Jesus said, Man shall not live by natural food alone, but by every word that proceeds. From the mouth of God. Get this. If I'm going to live. If I'm going to think right, talk right, and do right. I've got to have good words. If I'm going to be enlightened. Edification also means to be built up or to be strengthened. If I'm going to be built up or strengthened. I've got to have Good words that are necessary. Why are they necessary? If if, if I don't get these words, I'm going to ruin my life. If I don't get these words, my life is going to be unhealthy. My life is going to be damaged. If I don't get the words that God has ordained for me to receive. That's the you never play with church. Don't play with church. Don't, don't play with coming in here and, and, and getting what God has ordained for you to have. Don't ever allow church to become a social club to you. Or somewhere you just go just to be going. Always put on your list. I go to church to worship and to get fed. And to bless God for giving me what I need. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He he was letting the devil know that that folks are going to live by what I give folks or my servants to speak. Why do you think he attacks the church? Why do you think he, he attacks bona fide apostles? prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors, ministers. Because he knows that that God has given people or his servants a word for his children to live by. That's just as necessary as real food. See, it has it, got to be in your being, like like how you are when you when you outside and you you ain't you skipped breakfast, you ain't ate anything, and now you man, I got I, I gotta get me something to eat. <laughs> you ever been there? Man, I got I gotta get me something to eat. You know, you ask folks, you hungry, I I can eat something. Uh you out there? Not really, but then sometimes you can ask that same person. Yeah, I gotta get me something to eat you know how some folks be talking, I don't know what I got taste for. I just, I don't know what I got taste for. But when you get hungry, you ain't even got to hesitate what you got to taste for. Because you done had visions about that chicken. You done had visions. You done seen the sign of Zaxby. And you know that's what's happening tonight. It needs to be in you to the point to where I can't wait to get to the house to get fed on Sunday. Man, I need a word. I I need a rain. I I need a rain. I done been through some stuff this week. I got to get to God's house so He can drop in my spirit. What I need to deal with all the opposition that I've been going through this week. And the same way, when you get that when you get that uh, Mediterranean uh, chicken salad from Zaxby's with that tangy, spicy sauce, you be satisfied once you done ate that. You be like, "Thank you, Jesus." That's the same way you be when you come to God's house ready. Those who hunger and fast after righteousness shall be filled. Say your neighbor, God will fill you. Only thing about Zaxby, Zaxby's won't last you that long. You'll be looking for breakfast the next day. But it's something about God's word when it gets down on the inside of you. Days can go by and when you go through another situation, that same word that God fed you 10 days prior will come up in your spirit reminding you of what God told you. Let me close it. Notice again. Notice again. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And and sometimes the speaker and the hearer is you. I love when, when, when the Bible talks about David, uh, and, and, and one time it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Say to your neighbor, the preacher ain't always going to be around. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to give yourself something. To impart is to give something. Sometimes you gotta give yourself a word. Yeah, y'all need to read the psalm because the psalmist encouraged himself uh, by, by preaching to himself. I can't, I can't recall the particular tongue, the, the particular psalm, but, but but I do recall what the psalmist said. Self. Why your soul? Why is your soul? Cast down. Then told self, hope, hope in the Lord. You know what hope represents? Expectation. He was he was preaching to himself. He was imparting grace. What is grace? Divine faith. An act of kindness. Simply put, grace is a blessing. And sometimes you have to bless yourself. You have to give yourself something. Well, I know what pastor preached, so I'm just going to preach it to myself. I know what the man of God said according to Ephesians 2 and 5, so I'm just going to say it to myself. And it's okay to put you some music on while you're saying it to yourself. Or whatever you need to do. But you need to learn to encourage your self. But the primary thing that I want you to understand that grace is. Well, the two primary things I want you to understand what grace is. Is found in Ephesians 2 and 8. Turn that. Just turn the page. I'm closing with this. Remember you impart grace to the to the hearers. But Ephesians 2 and 8. Ready? For by grace you have been saved. Through faith or hearing the word trusting God and that not of yourselves notice what grace is. It is the gift. of God. You got to understand from a theological standpoint, grace is a gift of God. It's God being kind to you. And often it's Him being kind to you when you're in a place where you don't deserve it. But then you notice the first clause in Ephesians 2 and 8. Grace is... Saves. When you speak good words to somebody or to yourself, you get grace or you receive salvation. Save, salvation, same Greek word, sozo. Say to your neighbor, when you impart grace, you you're going to get some sozo. You're going to get salvation. Salvation is threefold according to the scripture it delivers, it protects, and it causes you to prosper. And those are the stages that, that you receive in salvation deliverance, protection, and prosperity. When God starts to send forth his grace. When you start using good words. You got to understand it's going to be a process sometimes. You've not been speaking, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And so you're looking for the deliverance. Because that's the first stage of salvation. You know God gives you grace simply because you use good words and the best good word you can use is his word. And so you go through the process of deliverance. And God starts to deliver you or bring you out. But get this. In the midst of you getting your deliverance, Or thereafter, God puts up a barrier of protection. Why? Because you have to understand something. Whatever head you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up is going to try to do the same thing again and again and again and again. Most of our sins are Repetitive. We mess up doing the same thing again and again and again. But when you understand salvation, when the enemy comes trying to get you to do it, or your flesh tries to make you do it again and again and again, you don't have to do that because God has put up his protection. You don't have to yield. And the final phase is prosperity. He causes you to get better, He causes you to be productive in every aspect of your, your life. So, how many really understand the necessity of good words? Let me see the man's. But let me ask you one more question before I let it go. And you also understand that you have to make the choice. Yeah. Let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. You got to make the choice. Import. Good words that are necessary for edification. imparted to who? The hearers. And sometimes that's going to be yourself. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. That's a good text. That's a good text.